I'm Chad Main, the founder of Legal Services Company Percipient, and this is Technically Legal, a podcast about legal technology and innovation in the legal industry. On today's show, I have a conversation with Matt Spencer and Aaron Myers of the analytics company Suited. It's an AI-powered assessment-driven recruiting platform. Suited is a hiring platform powered by artificial intelligence that law firms can use to screen job candidates, figure out which ones to interview, and figure out which ones to ultimately hire. Suited's AI is powered by three types of data, a candidate's psychometric attributes, the candidate's relevant skills, and academics. To match the right candidates with the right firms, existing employees from firms using Suited train the AI by taking assessments. From there, Suited's algorithm looks for candidates and then ranks them by how likely they are to be a good fit for the law firm looking to hire. Fast Case Magazine called Suited a world-changing idea. Matt Spencer is the CEO and one of Suited's co-founders. He comes from the investment banking world. Prior to founding the company, he served as the chief human capital officer for Houlihan Loki. Aaron Myers, the CTO, brings some serious tech bona fides to the table, including a PhD in computation science, engineering, and mathematics. So Matt, Aaron, thanks for being here. Matt, I know you're the CEO and I don't want to upset hierarchy, but I want to ask Aaron this question first. This is straight from his LinkedIn description. Uh-oh. It says, and I got to read this because it's, it, it's, my research focuses on more efficient approaches to solving both deterministic and Bayesian inverse problems posed as PDE-constrained optimization problems. I focus on techniques, including but not limited to Gaussian functional regression, ensemble transform methods, optimal transport, multi-level Monte Carlo, and randomization methods. What in the hell does that mean? <laughs> Sounds really fancy, doesn't it? That's a lot different than most LinkedIn profiles. Matt, is that different than yours? Uh, just, a, just a touch. I'm not sure I even uh, caught most of those words. Give us the the dumbed down version of what that means. Yeah, that's uh, in my previous life as a PhD researcher. So a lot of the ways we solve for like predictive physics problems is through what's called partial differential equations or PDEs. So PDE constrained optimization uh, is how we do it. So I can give you a concrete example. So if you want to understand what is underneath the surface of the earth in a particular spot, it can be very, very, very difficult to do that. So some of the ways to do that are you, um, you can take measurement probes across the surface of the earth. You can send sound waves into the surface of the earth and measure how they bounce back. And then you can use that data to go understand what's underneath the surface. And that's essentially what I, what I worked on. If you say so, if you say so, I'll, I'll take your word for it. <laughs> so we're here because your company suited. You're the CTO. And Matt, you're the CEO. Matt, you come from an investment banking background, correct? That's correct. And then so what makes you want to launch a tech company? Well, I'll tell you, Chad. So my background is, as you suggested, I spent about eight years as an investment banker doing mergers and acquisition work for a variety of different companies, uh, representing a variety of different companies. That time uh, was at a firm called Hula and Loki. And I then spent another four years as the chief human capital officer for the firm, effectively overseeing all the talent management strategies globally for Hula and. And it was really in that role that we identified there were a number of different challenges that we as an individual investment bank were experiencing in the marketplace for talent. Uh, quickly recognized that, that we weren't alone, right? That a number of our competitor firms and virtually the entire industry were experiencing those same challenges. And we felt like technology had finally reached a point 
where we should be able to deploy it to address those different challenges. But when we went out to the marketplace to look at the various different tools that were available, we came away feeling very frustrated, frustrated by the fact that we felt like everything out there was built for some other industry or it was built to be hyper generic and just wouldn't fit into the recruiting process in the very nuanced way that investment banks or subsequently law firms and, and virtually other professional services firms ultimately recruit. So we decided, let's go build our own. Uh, we thought the challenges were important. They needed to be addressed. Technology would allow us to do it. And if tools hadn't been developed yet, that would allow us to do it in an impactful and industry relevant way, then, then we should do that ourselves. Let's back up a little bit. Like you're at a cocktail party. Someone asks you what you do. You say, hey, I'm the CEO of a tech company called Suited. How do you describe it? What, what's, what's the elevator pitch? Yeah, so Suited is an AI-powered, assessment-driven recruiting network that's designed specifically, in this case, for the legal industry to help firms accurately, confidently, and equitably identify the highest potential talent. Using the power of machine learning and proven best practices from the field of industrial organizational psychology, we create assessment-driven ecosystems and powerful data engines that enable hiring teams to equitably expand the way they identify and consider talent while providing candidates with an easy way to demonstrate their potential. Obviously, we're here because of legal. This is a legal-facing podcast. But as you noted, your, your background's in investment banking, and you also serve that industry. I understand, you know, obviously why you started with investment banking, because that's what you know. But why do you make the jump to legal? Why not accounting or some other professional services? Yeah, it's a great question, Chad. So, you know, we launched our platform, which was really our inaugural platform for the investment banking industry in early 2019. After doing, you know, call it two years of development work and beta testing, we now serve more than a dozen major investment banks. And we very quickly decided that the legal industry was going to be our next vertical, primarily because when we spoke to law firms, we realized that the talent-related challenges that we had experienced in investment banking and had built the suited platform to address were the same challenges being experienced by law firms. And so it was really about recognizing that the problem set was the same, even though uh, the way law firms recruit is obviously very differently than the way that investment banks recruit. And so our goal in moving into law uh, was we didn't want to make the same mistake that I just called out a minute ago that technology providers had built things for other industries. So we didn't want to just carbon copy what we did in banking and move it into law. So we actually spent about 18 months pre-launch uh, in law, working with law firms, industry advisors, and then our internal team of PhDs, data scientists, and software engineers to develop a solution specific for the legal industry and ultimately launched it in December 2020 ahead of the January-February OCI recruiting cycle. So it was really driven by the similarity of challenges but recognizing that the way law firms recruit is different from virtually any other industry. You just mentioned PhDs. You got PhDs involved, including Aaron. How do you get involved, Aaron? And how do you know Matt? What's the what's the story there? Yeah, I've been involved since pretty early on, about 2018. So um, prior to Suited, I had taken my own go at, at starting a company with a very, very similar kind of a, approach to the market, which is, you know, how do we use AI and IO psychology to build better assessments and better ways of evaluating candidates and, and to do that equitably. And we closed doors in, in 2018 as I was um, finishing out the PhD. Um, and then I ran across Suited's profile on Angel and I saw 
Matt and Sam. And I thought these guys are building a company that is exactly what I want to do is exactly in my expertise. Equitable hiring is a big problem I want to solve in, in my career or help contribute to. And I met with Sam and Matt and, and knew it was the team I wanted to work for and work with and the company I wanted to be a part of. And um, I, I've been here ever since. How do you make the jump? And we opened, we talked about your stuff you were working on prior as a PhD candidate and then thereafter. How do you go from subterranean science into hiring and personality tests and using AI to, to get that done? So my response here is typically that, you know, although it seems very, very different, uh, the applications seem very different, the underlying mathematics and the underlying artificial intelligence are actually very, very similar. Uh, the way you approach the problem and the mathematics you use to solve the problems are actually very, very similar. Um, and so I actually apply much of what I what I learned throughout the PhD uh, on a daily basis here. And then I've, I've just always had, uh, you know, uh, as much as I've tried to, to fight it, I've always had an interest in hiring decisions and the psychology behind them and why we make the decisions we make. Bias that is that is ever present. Um, it's just something that's always just been so incredibly fascinating to me. So uh, the the two intersected, and uh, I knew it was where I wanted to spend my career. Interesting, interesting. Uh, Matt, what's what's behind the the name Suited? Well, Chad, it was actually uh, when we first launched the company, there was a a different name for it when we first formed the company, actually back in 2017. But the goal in kind of rethinking as we launched to market. Uh, was to accomplish a couple of things. One, we love that the suited name um, really speaks to the the mission that that we ultimately are trying to do, which is to help firms and candidates find places where they are you know well suited to succeed. Uh, the other part of it is the sort of nod in the other definition of suited, meaning you know kind of suited, buttoned up, wearing a suit, uh, which is you know, recognizable in the professional services industry that suits are still uh, something that are worn uh, as, as part of that. So. We should add here too that your website, I love it, is wellsuited.com. So it goes, it goes hand in hand with, with the backstory and the name. So let's talk about it. How does it work? How's the app work? Candidates, employers, what's behind it? What's, what's underneath the hood? When we talk about our platform, Chad, we really describe it as a combination of three main technologies and concepts. First is the power of network effects. Bring a critical mass of law firms onto a common platform, and we create a substantial advantage in terms of candidate access to firms, overall better candidate experience, and significant data advantages, which I'm sure Aaron will expand on throughout the conversation as to, to how those ultimately come into play. Um, the second piece is a proprietary assessment that's very rooted in the classical and proven field of industrial and organizational psychology that was custom built by our experts specifically for the legal industry. And the assessment combines traditional resume-based markers with various psychometric competencies like personality, values, and stress response styles to create a much more comprehensive understanding of a candidate and their potential. So it's, it's three parts, right? The candidate comes in and does three parts to a test. You just, the psychometric you, you mentioned, there's a skills module that they test in on and academics too. So that's the three overarching data, data points that you get from candidates, right? That's right. And importantly on that, the skills section isn't necessarily hard learned skills, but are more underlying 
competencies and characteristics that are important in order to be able to do the types of work that are done ultimately in law. What's an example of this skill? Attention to detail, for example, right? Attention to detail is not a learned skill, but is something that is critical in the practice of law. All of the characteristics that we're measuring, back to that very strong foundation in industrial and organizational psychology, all of the characteristics that we're measuring, it's 10 different personalities, uh, competencies, eight different values, three stress response styles, and then three of those essential competencies that are more um, you know, skill-oriented, as you just touched on. All of those were identified through rigorous IO psychology-led work that included hundreds of hours of focus groups with practicing attorneys, associates through partners, with HR and recruiting leaders, with um, firm leadership at law firms, specifically to identify characteristics that are going to be impactful in predicting future performance of attorneys, of practicing attorneys. And importantly, are in addition to being relevant and impactful, job relevant and impactful, also um, have meet two other criteria, one being that they are not expected to show significant differences between demographic groups. We're trying to remove bias from the process and we want to ensure that we're not measuring things that are potentially going to create it. And then the second is measuring characteristics that are important for uh, individuals to have day one on the job versus be things that are learned over the course of a career. So you mentioned two things there. I want to talk about both of those and how the AI specifically works on it. How does that work to capture characteristics and traits that aren't necessarily evident on a resume? And then as part of that process, what is it doing technically to fight against the bias that you just mentioned? In terms of, of how do we leverage machine learning technology, which is really the third piece as I talk about those three technologies and concepts, we build custom predictive models for each firm that allow them to then more quickly and accurately consider a larger volume of candidates to identify which are likely to be top performers for their specific firm. To get that data, you have attorneys at the firm or the investment bank, people working at the investment bank, take tests or, or gather the data from them, right? That's exactly right. So when we start working with a new client, we start by having their existing incumbent attorneys take the assessment that we developed um, and collect all that uh, information direct from the attorneys themselves. We do it, um, importantly, on an anonymous basis, collecting no personally identifiable information from the firms. And then we take that data and we also collect a separate data set directly from the firm, um, which is really a performance variable. So of those attorneys completing the assessment, who are the high performers, who are the low performers, everywhere in between. And how do you associate that qualitative benchmark to the response they're giving? Those two data sets are married. We capture uh, it through a unique identifier that the firm will create. So firms, uh, you can use Firms will use employee ID numbers. They'll create a randomly assigned code, whatever it is. But they, they keep those codes on their side and provide us the data tied to those codes, which then get married together to form the basis of the training data that Aaron's team ultimately works with. The primary mechanism for capturing these characteristics and traits or, or what we refer to as competencies uh, to talk about personality traits is through the assessment itself. Um, so. These, uh, again, what Matt touched on, which is you know, these assessments are that are developed by our industrial and organizational psychologists. So this is really prior to any machine learning work. They do the 
group discussions and expansive research, they create these questions to fill out these assessments, which is really where we capture that information, right? Someone completes these assessments and we'll know their level of warmth, sociability, stress response style, analytical thinking. We'll know that information prior to any of the machine learning or AI itself. So that's important to note that that's where that is captured. The AI doesn't make any determination as to which personality traits someone has. Uh, that's all, all prior to the AI. It's also really important then that that data, when we're building a model, that data from the employees, they've completed our suite of assessments, we have their performance data, that all gets fed into the AI. And really what it's doing is it's asking questions like, how do I identify uh, correlations, connections between the input data, the assessments, the academics, um, skills, and the performance of the employee? It looks for those patterns, it discerns and teases out all of those patterns, and then is able to apply those patterns after a candidate has completed the assessment. So a candidate will come to our platform, complete those same suite of assessments, that information will get sent into the AI, and then the AI's job is to take that data and really compare that candidate against the employee population to be able to identify, hey, this is a candidate that looks like has the potential to be a high performer or not. When we come back, Matt and Aaron explain how Suited's AI helps law firms identify and hire more diverse candidates that they may not otherwise find. We need to do more with less. That is the key takeaway nowadays from almost every survey of in-house counsel. But what if it didn't have to be that way? What if you actually could do more for less? By combining legal expertise and technology, Percipient enables legal teams to get more work done for less. Buried in contracts and sales is frustrated with turnaround time? We can help with that. Did you just get hit with a subpoena and reviewing 100,000 documents and files will tax your resources or cost you a small fortune in billable hours? We can help there too. Our team of legal professionals leverage tech and project management principles with the right amount of human oversight to deliver precise, efficient, and cost-effective legal solutions. Whether it's legal operations and contract management support, subpoena compliance, or document review, Percipient is your partner in really doing more for less. Percipient, legal services powered by technology. We'll get back to my conversation with Matt Spencer and Aaron Myers of Suited in just a second. But before I do, I wanted to let you know that if you want to subscribe to Technically Legal, you can find us pretty much wherever you get podcasts. And if you want to find more information about our guests, and links to some of the stuff they talk about, you can find a dedicated episode page at tlpodcast.com. If you want to get a hold of me, you can find me at LinkedIn or email me at cmain at percipient.co. That's C-M-A-I-N at percipient.co. Okay, let's get back to my conversation with Matt and Aaron from Suited. So I noticed on your website, the AI will make more recommendations of diverse candidates. How and why is that so? That's a great question. Um, so let me talk a little bit about our, our testing against bias to really fully answer the question. So, so prior to model building, so one of the things we do, we will examine the data set that we get, both including the suite of assessments that have been completed and the performance, the performance data that we have. And we'll look for what we call signs of bias in the data itself. So for example, we'll look at rates of top performers across gender and race. We'll look at uh, differences across input attributes, GPA school, personality, across gender and race, many other uh, relevant analysis points, just to get an understanding of, is there any bias in this data? How hard is it going to be to build a model that predicts performance in an unbiased way? 
we do that prior to model building. And then after a model is trained, we run an independent set of sex and race diverse individuals through the model as though they were candidates for the firm. Uh, this is data that we have in-house. Um, and then we'll look at group differences in predictions, for example, between you know, predictions uh, for men versus women. And this is where we abide by the EEOC four fist guidelines, right? So this, this test looks at the proportions of people predicted to be top performers. So for example, to make it concrete, if 5% of women are predicted to be top performers, we would say that at least 4% of men should also be predicted to be top performers. Otherwise, we say the model does not pass adverse impact testing. And you know, if there's any evidence of adverse impact, the model's thrown out, an entirely new one is trained, and we iterate this process until we find a model that is both highly predictive of performance and doesn't induce any adverse impact in predictions. So back to your question, really how this is unique is we are able to examine all the different data that goes in to the prediction, all the different data that is that is considered for a candidate, and make sure that the things that tend to cause adverse impact aren't weighted heavily in the prediction. And it just so happens to always be the case that the things that are very predictive of performance are almost never induce uh, adverse impact. And, and the things that do induce adverse impact are almost never predictive of performance. So it actually ends up being um, a fairly straightforward uh, in that sense. Speaking of straightforward, if I'm the law firm using suited to weigh candidates, the candidates are given a percentage for the employers to say, hey, this is a good fit. This may not be a good fit. What is that percentage specifically? And what's it based on? What is it indicative of? It is suited's predicted probability of being a top performer. So it's a very specific thing we predict. We don't necessarily predict, you know, success in an interview process or who's going to be an average performer. We, we predict very specifically the probability of being in the top tier of performance for a particular firm. And it's based on all the data that we collect, all of the psych assessment, uh, academics, experiences, stress response style, all that information goes into that prediction. So let's talk about that for a minute. So you, you say the percentage represents the likelihood of them being a high performer at that firm. So then my question then becomes, like, if you've got an attorney who's a really good litigator because they're effective in the courtroom, or you've got an appellate lawyer who's really good writer, it seems to me that that could be some objective criteria. But if it's based on the firm, what's, what's the percentage looking at to make sure they're good with your firm and not just good at writing briefs or good in court? Chad, to answer that question... You know, when we look at all the different competencies in aggregate, the 10 different personality characteristics, eight different values, et cetera, as well as all the academic profile information that's ultimately considered, we're looking at, a, as Aaron described, on a firm-by-firm -firm basis, based on what is actually driving performance unique to that firm. And we do see differences and sometimes substantial differences across the firms that we ultimately build models for, even in similar practice areas. And I'll give you a, for instance, this is just an example. So one of the values that we measure is conformity um, or tradition, right? And there are some firms where conformity and tradition is highly predictive and correlated with being a high performer, meaning that those firms, the way that people work and what drives success there is following the standards that are outlined and set following the process, doing the work as described the way that the firm ultimately wants to do it and has historically done it. There are other firms where that is actually a negative um, to high performance, where these firms are looking for people to be you know, more thoughtful about breaking the mold, how to do things better, um, more innovative and thoughtful and creative around those things. 
And so depending on whether a candidate is more naturally aligned towards one or the other end of that spectrum, they're going to be a better overall fit for one of those particular firms. You take that singular example on a singular characteristic, combine it with all the other you know, hundred data points that we're ultimately measuring as part of that. And then you look at that, the other part about machine learning that's exciting in applying this new technology to tried and true IO psychology uh, assessment-based science is that we're not only looking at individual characteristics, we're looking at all the different combinations of those characteristics. So we're looking at over 10,000 different combinations, of all the different characteristics that we measure to get a much deeper understanding of candidate potential. Because the reality is that human beings are way more complex than do you have this trait if yes, okay, be a high performer. The reality is that any individual may under-index in a characteristic that's uh, important and predictive of of performance, but over-indexes in other ones. And that combination and that interrelation of those characteristics is what's particularly exciting about now using new technology applied to um, the traditional field of IO psychology, because we can get to an understanding that's not about typecasting individuals. In order to be a successful attorney, you have to be this and that. Now it is a combination of all these different things. And there may be a hundred different ways for an attorney to ultimately end up being successful, to combine these data and and profiles to be successful within a given firm. And that's what we can now understand because of the computing power of of artificial intelligence. The model is looking for the best candidates to be successful in a particular firm because the the firm came in early on and trained it with the testing we talked about and the assessments. And and I know too, you, you say the app can be used to help consider factors beyond credentials, resume experience. And one of the things you point out, it can avoid like me bias in hiring decisions. But here's what I'm trying to get my head around and trying to reconcile that, you know, avoiding the like me bias and promoting a diverse, making diverse hires different from your firm, but also having the AI figure out that they're going to be okay. They're going to share your values and, and work well at the firm. It seems there's a little contradiction, but I'm assuming the AI is going to get around that. And how does it? How does it make sure that you're going to fit in, even though you might be different, but still, still try to get different diverse candidates in there? I love the question. I'm going to answer it in, in really two parts. The first is that fitting in is not necessarily what we're predicting. We're looking at the way that people work and the things that ultimately drive success within an organization based on people who have been successful in that organization before, right? And a, and a combination of all the different types of people who have been successful in the organization before. Now, as Aaron talked about our debiasing process and the links that we go to and to ensure no adverse impact, those are critical, in particular in the industries that we serve, think investment banking and law, where when you're training models on data that is coming from a likely homogenous set of incumbent attorneys or bankers, there is the possibility that you are going to pick up inherent bias in that process. Even though the assessment itself was developed with that in mind to specifically measure competencies that don't show mean differences between demographic groups, we don't stop there. What we want to do is then, as Aaron described in the process, is test every one of those models um, with what is really the gold standard test, where we are testing the end result 
and the predictions that are made by the model against the actual subject population, in this case, law students, right? So our data set and the models that are ultimately built are tested against actual current law students who are representative across a range of demographics, right? And we're seeing those ultimately then what the results in the models are predicting so that even if you're measuring based on a homogenous set of underlying data subjects on the incumbent attorneys, you can ensure that the algorithm itself is not creating that bias. And ultimately what it does is because we're looking at all the different combinations of how people can add up across these characteristics to ultimately be successful, we're effectively redefining what it means for cultural fit. Uh, because we're looking at all of the different ways that somebody can ultimately be successful, not locking into a typecast stereotype around in order to be a, su- a successful attorney, you have to be X or Y. Interesting. Interesting. Now that, that makes sense. So what are some success stories? What, what are your favorite success stories? How have your clients used this to make effective hires and, and have they been surprised? What's the reception been? I think there are a couple of case studies that I would ultimately highlight. First and foremost, just talking about the idea of expanding uh, representation, right? And, and actually seeing those results. So all the work that we do uh, to, to de-bias the algorithm, ensure that there's no bias or adverse impact created in the model. But it doesn't just stop there. A big part about being able to recruit a more diverse class, a class that is more representative of the population demographics starts with being able to expand the funnel. You need to consider a much wider range of candidates from more backgrounds in order to do that. And that's really, again, where artificial intelligence becomes very exciting because it does its best work when dealing with high volumes of data very, very quickly. And because the recruiting process unfolds so rapidly, it's an area that is really ripe for bias to creep into the process. And so consider a wider range of candidates on attributes that aren't in and of themselves bias and get away from just purely looking at resume-based criteria where we all know there, there is bias in that data. For instance, I'll tell you in the January, February OCI cycle, our clients uh, who were using the suited platform, the suited models were recommending black candidates, for instance, at a 48% higher rate than had firms been using resume screening alone. So there's a real practical result of all of those different elements coming together to help firms identify who they should be bringing into their process that has real impact on diversity. Another area that we ultimately see um, from a use case in studies is when when we're thinking about firms who are using this to look at write-in candidates. So these are the candidates who aren't coming through an OCI process, but are applying directly to the firm. They're coming from a school that the firm doesn't necessarily have a physical presence through, or in, in this year, a virtual presence through the OCI process, but they're candidates who want to be at the firm And depending on the size of the firm, they may have hundreds or thousands of those candidates writing in. Now we can help firms identify who are the candidates in that pool who obviously want to be at that firm because they took the time to write in and apply. Who are the candidates in that pool who are most likely to be high performers and bring them into the interview process alongside um, others? And we've heard from our clients 
um, in multiple cases that there are candidates who, because there was a, something, you know, a little bit off about their resume, didn't go to the right school, GPA wasn't quite high enough, um, but whose student scores and those probability scores were, they were, they were flagged as being potential high performers. When they brought those candidates into their interview process, not only did they interview well, they went all the way through the process, got offers and ultimately accepted those offers. So we now have firms who are seeing that population of candidates who historically might not have been able to get a true kind of holistic consideration or comprehensive consideration now actually end up with jobs. And that's really powerful and exciting for us because we're seeing the end result of people who, you know, but for suited would never have even gotten a look. The other thing that I would say is coming into the OCI process, uh, which so just for, for another use case or case study here. So firms who were deploying this in their OCI process, um, most asked candidates who were assigned to them through the OCI process to take the suited assessment to be leveraged alongside interviewer feedback in order to make callback decisions. Who are they going to bring back for those next round of interviews? And the suited data became really powerful in that case because what it did is you have a effectively the, the end result of the suited model building process is you now have an independent data-driven and bias-free algorithm that is providing insights into which candidates may be a great fit for your firm and why. And when that is compared alongside interviewer feedback, who did the interviewer select as definite callbacks? Who's on the bubble? Who are your definite no's? And you use this additional data point alongside that, you can get a really complete picture. Um, and we really think of it as a, as a decision support system where if both signals are, are pointing in the same direction, so if student says, yes, candidate looks like high potential, interviewer says the same thing, fantastic. Bring them into your interview process and don't think twice about it. If student says, you know what, this candidate is predicted to be a low probability high performer and the interviewer comes to the same conclusion, okay, that's somebody you can now cut from your interview process um, without really giving it a second thought because you know that it's not bias creeping into the process because the, the bias-free algorithm came to that same conclusion. And then in those cases where those signals diverge, student says yes, interviewer says no, or vice versa, what it does is it prompts a deeper discussion now with real information where you can ask the questions to say, why is it that these two things are in a disagreement and which one of those and to what degree are we going to value them? Or what are the questions that we need to now ask in this next step of the process to get comfortable that this person either will or will not be a, a high performer? That's why we present it as a probability. Because effectively, you think about somebody who has an 80% score, very high score, 80% probability of being a high performer. But that means there's a 20% probability that they're going to be an average or low performer. And it's really about using this data in conjunction with a firm's traditional process and interviews to ultimately make the best and most complete decision possible on a candidate by candidate basis. Really fascinating what you guys are doing. And as everybody knows, it's ever had to make a hire. Hiring is one of the hardest things about running a business. So... Well, this is cool. It's been very interesting. Matt, Aaron, thanks for your time. We've already pointed out that if people want to learn more about Suited, they go to wellsuited.com. But what if they want to learn more about you two or get a hold of you? How do they find you? Certainly feel free to, on the wellsuited.com, there's contact information on how you can get in touch with us. Also, feel free to ping either one of us on, on LinkedIn. We watch for direct LinkedIn 
uh, in mails and things like that. My uh, my email address, I'll just go ahead and give it out if anybody wants to, to contact us, is matt, M-A-T-T, at wellsuited.com. Yeah, I'm also happy for anyone to reach out via LinkedIn and Aaron at wellsuited.com. Feel free to shoot me an email. Well, that's it for today's episode. As always, we appreciate you listening. If you want to subscribe, you can find us on most major podcast platforms like Apple, Google, Spotify, etc., etc. When you're there, if you like us enough, we hope you'll give us a favorable review. If you want to find me, you can reach out to me on LinkedIn or email me at cmain at percipient.co. And that's C-M-A-I-N at percipient.co. Thanks again for listening. And until next time, this has been Technically Legal.